Welcome to Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky, where we help you to create more safety and enjoyment in the bedroom. I'm Natalie Viers, a pleasure and intimacy coach. And I'm Rocky Peterson, Yoni massage practitioner and pleasure educator. This is a space where you get to open your mind, be free of your inhibitions and play. Hey folks, this is Rocky. And I'm Natalie. And today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what we do and why we do it. We're excited to get started here. And honestly, I'm going to kind of jump right in and ask Natalie, Natalie, why the BJ course? What inspired you to do such a course? It was a serious departure for me. I was parenting coaching before before I created a blowjob course. You know, it was essentially a fluke. <laughs> It was early 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we were all spending lots of time online. Mm -hmm. And I was in a private Facebook group that was uh, about women in business. And the topic of sexuality was, was brought up. In this particular post, the leader of the group asked, it was, you know, rate your blowjob skills one to 10. And I wasn't thinking anything of it, but I was like, 10 out of 10, I could teach a class. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had about 10 women reach out to me in private from that group asking for advice and kind of telling me their blowjob woes with their partner or why they're resistant to it and, and why, you know, why they were interested in, in what I had to say about it. Wait, so this really happened organically. You... Totally. You, you just you, you just kind of flippantly said, I, I'm so good at it, I could teach a course. And, yeah. and they, they hit you up. It's like they came to me. They were like, give us a course. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, responding to a need, right? Absolutely. So I, you know, I sat with it and I was like, am I holy shit, am I really gonna like go on the internet talking about blowjobs now? Is that gonna be my thing? And it's it's certainly become one of my things. But I knew that if I was going to go around and talk about this particular topic, it's an incredibly hot marketing tool. People hear blowjobs and they're like, what? <laughs> so um, it provided me with an opportunity to talk to women about some really important things involving their sexuality and engagement with a partner. And blowjobs were kind of like my in. I knew I had to go big or <laughs> go home. <laughs> And so to stand in my boldness and lack of shame around the topic, I started calling myself the blowjob queen around the internet streets and, um, you know, claiming I was going to crown other queens. And what really stood out to me was that so many women were engaging in this act in a way that was not pleasurable for them. They were being self-sacrificing around it. They were sort of tolerating the act or avoiding it entirely because they didn't even want to do that. And I was sharing some really powerful and useful things so that women could begin to actually enjoy the act and have their full desire and their pleasure behind it, um, which is obviously much more enjoyable to receive as a man. Oh, I can attest to that. I, I you're, you're kind of talking my language now because it's like, I get it that if somebody is not interested it's not going to be nearly as interesting for me. Uh, in fact, I, I kind of don't want it if she isn't interested. It's like, I don't want her to do it just as an obligation. That's not fun. Right. Harkening back to that story that just happened last week where the guy propositioned me, like, hey, you want to give me a blowjob? You know, if, if I were not in a place in my life where I am fully aware of whether my desire is there or is not and know when to honor my no, if I weren't in that position and if I were still in a space where I was more concerned about preserving his feelings and avoiding awkwardness, I would have given him a blowjob that would have been really like seriously subpar. It would not have been, he would have wondered like why she call herself the blowjob queen. Well, because when you don't want to give one really, it's like completely unenthusiastic. It's not sexy. It's not enjoyable for either party. That goes for kind of any sex act, right? It does. But for some reason, this particular act that seems to kind of fly under the radar. Like there's sort of this culture around, especially in relationship, 
women feeling like they're expected to do it. A lot of women don't know how to bring their own desire and pleasure online into the experience when they're pleasuring someone else. And that's what my course helped teach and illuminate for them. So can they bring their their turn on easier if it's just intercourse? I mean, this is a significantly different thing to engage in as far as a sexual act, a blowjob over just having sex? I would say that for a lot of women, putting someone's penis in their mouth is more confronting than allowing intercourse and penetration if she's in a space where she's not feeling it. Yeah, well, it's definitely more in your face, isn't it? Yeah. In a lot of partnerships, blowjobs just kind of, they either fall to the wayside or they become a special treat that is sometimes treated like an expectation. And so the conversation that I created around it in particular focuses on shifting the energy around it and really looking at it as, you know, a loving and honoring act and making sure that we as women are checking in with ourselves to make sure that we genuinely are on board with what we're engaging in. We're conditioned to not do that. We're conditioned, most of us, through our childhood and, and through our culture to be subservient, to be self-sacrificing, to put someone else's feelings for our own. And that plays out in blowjob engagement a lot. So what happens then, you're saying, is that guys expect it or ask for it or something, and there's a lot of social and cultural pressure to just do it because he asked, because he wants you to, because you're supposed to somehow. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible reason. Mm -hmm. Terrible. I mean, for anybody, I mean, it goes both ways. I mean, to you know, do cunnilingus for the same reasons. Well, I, you know, I'm supposed to do that just because that's awkward. Yeah. You notice that there isn't really the same expectation for cunnilingus though. No. It's culturally, it like, there's much more of an expectation set there for women and blowjobs. I think that's changing though. I do see more TikToks and uh, Instagrams where the women are saying, hey, you know, something to do with uh, licking me. And it's like, good for you. Almost like a little bit of a parody on men. She's asking almost like he would ask for it. Like, hey, it's your obligation too. Mm -hmm. So good to see that changing. Bringing us back to our mission, which is more safety and enjoyment in the bedroom. One of the things that I realized in these initial conversations with women where I was really hearing out what the complaints were, a lot of women suffer through like physical discomfort while giving a blowjob, whether it's jaw discomfort or in the neck or something of that nature. So you're really delving into like some of the technical attributes, not just, you know, should I or shouldn't I? And are you okay with doing it or not? You're, you're getting into some of what makes it difficult. I'm explaining why that pain is there because it's not a, it's not a technique issue. Not a technique. It, okay. It's not a technique issue. It is a body attempting to protect itself issue. It is a lack of safety in the engagement issue. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of women, it's that analogy I use, the, the collective dick, right? Where we're bringing all of our past experiences with men to a single present partner. Mm -hmm. So our bodies are remembering all of our past experiences with blowjobs. And if we haven't done the work to really be with some of those more traumatic experiences in the past, a lot of women don't even realize that they've had that trauma because of the conditioning. It can, it can be self-imposed, right? We're the ones who decide to give a self-sacrificing blowjob. So it's not something that we view as being done to us. We did it to ourselves. And so the idea of it being traumatic is a lot more of a reach, something that a lot of women don't even recognize and therefore don't understand that our bodies attempt to protect us after the fact. If we came into some harm, if we didn't feel safe when we were engaging at any point, our body is going to attempt to protect us. And we're going to experience this feeling of avoidance when it comes to that act. And we're either going to continue pushing ourselves and be self-sacrificing and kind of 
compound the issue. So when you were talking about trauma, I was visualizing, you know, the guy grabbing her by the hair or the ears or something and, you know, forcing her head or I, I see how traumatic I see things about how awful that is. And it's still popular in porn and whatnot. And so we're not talking about even anything like that. No, no, it's the trauma of engaging your body in an act that your desire is not behind. Wow. Okay. Well put. Yeah. It's, it's a form of self-betrayal. It occurs because most women are taught to betray themselves at a young age. We are taught to put others before our own feelings. Others being men. Men in particular. I mean, I say others because we really are taught to be very externally focused and in service. That's, that's a very heavy cultural thing. But yes, with men, I mean, we, a lot of us have to unlearn the idea that we are responsible for men's feelings, you know, that we're responsible for what men go through. There's a big sense of obligation. And so you, okay. want, you help women unpack that. Yes, I say I say often I'm on a mission to eradicate the obligatory blowjob. <laughs> uh, it it doesn't serve anyone ultimately. No. No, I don't want a, a obligatory. We don't talk about men's trauma related to blowjobs much, but I have heard from plenty of men who have their own kind of ick relationship with blowjobs because they've had bad experiences with women where I mean, a, a blowjob is pretty terrible when someone is purely focused on technique, which usually turns into like friction and there's no sexy energy there, right? It's, it's the turn on that actually like fuels the completion of the experience. If it's just this like dry, mechanical. Going through the motions. Hey, let's get you off now. Like <laughs> it lasts longer. It doesn't feel as good as it's happening. It's not as satisfying, and it's sometimes traumatizing for the man to experience. Yeah, more than you can imagine. Yeah. I imagine it's a pretty sensitive place there. We, we can need gentleness as much as you. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, when somebody does, like, for example, when we're talking about using one's hands, one thing that seems to be intuitive for people is what I would call hammering, which is just that hand going up and down, up and down as fast as, you know, one can go. And it might cause ejaculation, but it's about as low of a quality as you can get. And people will do that, you know, with oral, they just bob their head, you know, it's just in and out, in and out, in and out. And it, it, it gets numb, it gets boring, it gets sore, it gets a you know, it's like abrasion kind of a thing. So, I mean, yeah, that's not any good for anybody. I'm even thinking about, you know, that in somebody doing that and I'm thinking, oh, we get to a point where she's working so hard and, you know, she's putting forth all this effort and it's like, oh my God, this is terrible. This mm -hmm. is never going to happen. And she's, she doesn't even realize all of her well-intentioned efforts are going to waste because mm -hmm. she's not present in what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you got to have that awkward, like, let's just give up conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> this yeah. ain't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let me, let me put it in here, honey. <laughs> yeah. So my blowjob course is sort of like this introductory, you know, let's really talk about how we're relating to these things and how we're thinking about these things and how we're approaching the whole thing. And then beyond that, I offer coaching in sensual confidence, which is basically designed to help move through any of those resistances, any of those avoidances, any of that trauma that has built up around it that is blocking the way to anything but a joyful, playful, curious, expressive sexual experience. Joyful, playful sexual experience. Wow. That... I wonder how many people can say that that's what they're getting right now. The difference is absolutely night and day. Like the insecurity in sexuality is so rampant. And the last time I connected with someone was a couple months ago, at, was seeing someone briefly before he moved. And the first time we connected intimately, 
it had been a good while since I had connected with someone that way. And I kind of was like in awe of how deliciously comfortable the whole experience felt, how at home I felt in my body, how easy and playful it was to be with him and to communicate the things and to just sort of like do the dance together. And it's absolutely a result of this work of, you know, digging through all of those past associations and doing the work to come home to the body and love the body and really like moving into that space of treating the body as the temple and having the confidence to be raw and vulnerable and naked with someone and just like in this space of pure enjoyment. It's a freedom that is hard won and totally worth pursuing. Wow. And so this course can help women get to where they can feel like that in their lives? Is that? It has for some women. It's like a launch point. Okay. So it's not the end all be all course, of course. For some women, it's it's what they needed to hear and boom, they're off like a rocket. They're having a completely different experience with their current partner. Like these things clicked and they're like, damn, I hear those stories. And Well, I can say for sure that when sex is like more exciting and connected and and we're really having some good vibes in our sex life everything else kind of falls into place it's kind of like sex is almost like the framework for if the relationship is going well or not if the if sex is going well good chance the rest of the relationship is going well so i could see how you know kind of tweaking something like that and making it feel good and better and exciting could be helpful in uh, improving the overall relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some, you know, watch my course and, and they just feel like, wow, I, the things that needed to be illuminated were illuminated and they're able to kind of walk a new path and in a secure place with that. And some watch and go, okay, I understand all that. And this still feels sticky and this still feels sticky. And that's where there's opportunity to work more deeply with me and and kind of look under the hood and understand what is truly in the way of you feeling safe and you enjoying yourself fully. I really get that because so much of what I'm doing in my work with women is helping them. They see a place where it's like, well, I'm, I'm at this spot right here. And I'm kind of stuck. I can't quite get to the next level. And and I, I talk about increments. When we're advancing our sexual knowledge and understanding, it seems like men like to jump in big increments. It's like, I want to go right straight from intercourse to anal sex to blowjobs to the, I mean, you know, it's like all the porny things, right? But women want to just take one little step. It's like, okay, I am ready to feel some anal touch. I just want to see what, you know, that's about. And they, uh, so they just want to go one little step at a time. I'm going to kind of go to how this actually really started. My background is construction. I've been teaching guys how to, you know, fix houses for, you know, 40 years. And somewhere along the line, uh, well, actually it was in 2000, I got hit head on and it put me out of business, it broke my back and I was looking for something else to do. So at the time, the internet was still kind of new, and I, I was looking for things to do on the internet uh, that would be, you know, sexy. I I didn't really want to do porn because I think porn is a lot of examples of what not to do to each other, you know, in a real relationship. So mm -hmm. I was kind of looking for something that would be more real, more what people could do because, you know, even my relationships, you know, when I was younger you know, weren't necessarily great sexually. I wasn't any better at communicating than lots of other people <laughs> when I was younger. And so things weren't working for me either. So I ended up landing on thinking about what I could do that was sexy and real. And I had this back then you could advertise on Backpage uh, for models. And so I was looking to do, you know, something maybe with images or 
video was just kind of starting to get going. YouTube was probably just on the, you know, brand new at the time. And so I, I could see video as something. But anyway, I was interviewing these models and I had, you know, maybe eight things that, you know, we were looking at possibly doing. And at the bottom of the list, I had one called 101 Ways to Drive Your Man Crazy with Your Hands. And I didn't talk about that one because, you know, I, I didn't know how that would go over. I didn't want to offend anybody. So I talked about the other ones and, but the women would all read ahead and they go, what's that? What's that? What's that? And I, I say, well, you know, women aren't necessarily any more skilled. They don't necessarily have any better techniques in the bedroom than guys do. And, you know, I'm a guy, I could teach women, you know, some things that could help them have better techniques. And so Several women said, well, I want to do that. And it's like, okay, I'm a business person. You know, there's a niche, you know, let's make a course. So my course was going to be 101 ways to drive your man crazy with your hands. And so we were creating videos and some of the women were trying it at home and having amazing success. And I'll, we'll talk about that in a, another episode because that's pretty interesting. The, the successes that women had from doing, you know, just hand jobs on their partner was phenomenal. It was amazing. So anyway, some of the women would say things like, well, Hey, what about me? What about teaching men what to do to women? They're, you know, men are terrible in bed too. And it's like, oh my God, you're right. And, and the truth is, I don't know. I don't get enough practice. I don't get real feedback. Women lie about how good it was, you know, mm. to save my feelings. Mm. And so I have to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm any good or not. I like to think I am. And I know our egos will, you know, kind of trick us into believing that we're better than we are. And so I said, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I think I need practice. I think I need input. I and if you're willing to teach me some things and help me understand things I'm doing wrong, like really help me get my head around the things that I'm doing right or show me things that I can do right, then I would love to do this. And so we started creating some videos and eventually women started saying things like, well, I didn't tell you this, but I was raped and this has really helped me get through that. I didn't tell you this, but I've never had an orgasm and I just had my first orgasm. I didn't tell you this, but, you know, and I started hearing these things and along the same lines as that, they started telling me, Hey, you need to do this as a business. And I laughed. I said, what, you think that women are going to pay a slightly chubby older man, you know, to touch their genitals for, for pleasure. And it's like, well, yeah, if you're good at it and it's like, you're really good at this. And so I set up a website and started offering sensual massage, but I kind of realized that in doing that, I needed to at first get a little bit of background so that I wasn't touching somebody completely blind. I mean, you know, a lot of the women that came to me, I kind of found out really quickly that a lot of them had been traumatized and abused and, you know, had lots of terrible things that have happened to them. And so what they were coming to me for was to kind of get some kind of reset where they could put something really pleasurably positive in their path so that the pain was on the other side of it. Does that make sense? Kind of building a barricade between the past and the future so that they could go forward and experience pleasure knowing that, yes, there is at least one man out there that can be kind and gentle and soft and present. It's an opportunity to develop a new association with receiving pleasure from a man, it, it specifically to show the body that it's safe to experience that because the body is what needs to be shown the evidence in order for a woman to fully relax into her body and experience the fullest degree of her pleasure, her body needs to learn how to be safe while receiving pleasure from a man. And if she's had traumatic experiences, 
that's going to be a bit of a process. And that's what your sessions provide because within the framework of the agreed upon boundaries and the whole conversation that happens with that, it then becomes an opportunity to lean into trusting that framework and, you know, believing that you are purely offering what is agreed upon. And with enough exposure to that experience, whether it is one session or multiple sessions, a woman's body then begins to be able to relax and go, oh, sometimes this is safe. Sometimes this is great. It's not always going to be this negative experience that I associate it with. And so relaxation is huge. So after we visit for a minute, then we move into a session where we're doing touch work. Uh, if someone wants to practice, if you know, I, I do coaching essentially about wherever somebody's at sexually. And then if we want to practice it, we can do a session. And two thirds of the session is about relaxation. The pelvic nerve for women actually activates in relaxation. So it's so important that we spend the bulk of the time allowing them to relax and their body can really open up to that. So that's how I got into all this. I never would have imagined doing something like this in my wildest dreams. You know, I was really kind of called. I love that curiosity and staying open to learning is what guides your journey because part of what allows you to provide women a sense of safety is that openness and curiosity and willingness to learn. You treat each woman as the authority on her body and her experience and allow that to be the guide for the session. And that's really important because that's not something that that is extended to us normally. Because men receive so much messaging around make a move, be the leader, do the things. There's a lot of pushing that happens and a lot of that focus on providing relaxation for women is really missing. It's really, really, really missing in the culture between men and women. And men understanding, you know, what does it actually take to allow a woman to feel safe? Well, you got to take the time to make her feel like you care about her desires and her preferences and you know what she wants and doesn't want. And if she feels like you're aware of that, then she can relax and trust and like kind of let go into your leadership as you guide her into an experience. But if that is not informed by what she actually wants, and then she's in fear. She doesn't know what kind of experience you're bringing to her. She doesn't her body can't relax in that situation because she doesn't know if you know what she wants. Wow. And so this brings it back again a little bit to our mission statement about safety and a lot of why you and I are working together. I mean, you have experienced some of my safety in a way that uh, you can relate to personally. And you understand that I value that. And thank you for what you just said. That's beautiful. And gosh, this is where we're going with this show is more content like that. Your boundaries are clean. And just in, in your engagement around all of this stuff, which is so essential to the whole experience. And, and I think that that's one of the things that comes through in working with you most because, you know, without that quality, without that feeling of dependability and, and the ability to trust that the boundaries are what they are agreed upon you just wouldn't be able to do what you do and so yeah I'm pleased to be having these conversations with you as an example because I think that if more men can understand like the magic available if you can learn how to walk a woman into a place of safety if you can help create a space for her where she can fully unfurl well, so this is where I get to plug my, my course. <laughs> I did create, you know, instructions for men to be able to do what I do and provide the experience that I provide here in my studio at home through a course I call the best she's ever had. And 
guys, if you're listening, this, this is so different from anything you've ever seen. You're really going to look at it and go, I don't, it, you, you might have to watch it a couple of times because you might be thinking, I don't get it because I'm going so slow and it doesn't look like porn. We are going to show you graphics. We actually do show you a real woman being pleasured physically, sexually for real. And she has a real orgasm and it isn't going to be anything like you've seen in porn where she's ooing and aahing and screaming. I mean, you know, sometimes women get vocal in their orgasms, but it's the ones you're going to see on these videos. They're real because they're having real orgasms and you'll see what a real orgasm looks like. Women can't really fake an orgasm when you see what one really looks like. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's so easy to fool men. I used to be guilty of faking orgasms and it is so, so, so easy to fool men <laughs> because there's so like there's so much that's not understood about like what's happening for us when we're actually orgasming and what what is entailed like what goes into it well i mean yeah if all i'm doing is thrusting my penis you could fake it and i wouldn't know because you know if i'm doing that porn thing where i'm you know pounding you as hard as i can and as fast as i can i can't even feel what's going on with you i don't know i'm i'm not present with what's happening with your genitals, all I can be present with when I'm in that mode is what's happening with my genitals. Mm -hmm. So uh, all I'm doing at that point is making mine feel good and hoping that it feels good for you. But when I talk about being able to not be fooled by, you know, a woman faking it, I'm talking about something where the guy is being so present with what's going on with her genitals that he's observing every little contraction, every little twitch, every little movement of her clit, her body language, her breathing, what she's doing with her hands and her face and her voice and all of those things all at the same time. It's a little bit different than what you do when you're faking it. And it's pretty obvious the difference between a fake orgasm and a real orgasm if a man can be present. I think you should specifically teach men how to recognize fake orgasms. <laughs> and, well, in a way, I, I kind of do. In, you know, in the course, they're going to see that what a real one is. And so once they see what a real one is, they're going to know what a fake one is. A fake one is going to be more of a vocal thing, you know, maybe you know, some, some body language, some you know, arching your back. I mean, there's some really probably theatric things you can do to fake an orgasm and be quite convincing. But a real orgasm doesn't necessarily have all that stuff. In fact, what a real orgasm looks like is the vagina just squeeze, 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 squeezes. Okay. And now there's a couple other things that happen. The anus is doing that. The clit is shotgunning. And there are some things happening that you can see. And if you're present enough, like if you've got a finger in there or if you're not moving and... Uh, she's having an orgasm, you'll feel all these things happening with her. And it's pretty hard to fake that. Well, now you don't need to teach that because you just did. Oh, well, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I told you what it looks like, but it, <laughs> not much about how to accomplish it. <laughs> you have to get the course to see that part. Yeah. So I just, I want to talk for a second about I have a couple examples of kind of surprising impacts from viewing my blowjob course. And one of them is that one woman attended my course and all of the different topics I cover in association with that engagement helped her to kind of uncap her sexual expression throughout her life and made her feel more comfortable infusing some of that sensuality into her business offerings and her business just exploded after watching my course because she allowed a little bit of that juicy magnetic magic energy in and let herself be seen in that sense of desire and boom it brought her a whole bunch like a flood of new clients and that was really cool to see because she created a whole campaign where she was direct about 
you know, getting getting sexy with it. And uh, I had another woman who one of the things I teach in that course is for couples who are dealing with lack of engagement, right? There's there's not a whole lot of sex happening and, and you're feeling like you're in a dry period. One of the things that I teach is how, as a woman, to embody more of an invitation uh, to a man and uh, essentially cultivate the kind of energy that he is magnetized to that makes him want to come in closer. And so one of my clients was in a very, very dry period for a long time. And she used one of the exercises that I teach in this course. And she called me the next day and said, he wanted me for the first time in years. And it was like, she was crying and telling me this whole experience. And she was like, Natalie, you have no idea how sexy it was. And I was like, babe, but I do. I do know how sexy it was because when our true desire is there and we take the time to embody it and cultivate it, it's sexy as hell. Wow. So basically you're unleashing these women. Hell yeah. All right. Liberation. Well, I, I, I get what happens. I mean, you know, something similar happened with a couple of my clients. One, she came to me and she wanted to practice and what she did was some of the worst I've ever experienced, right? And so it's like, okay, I got to be honest with you. You need to come back and we need to try this again. And you, you need to listen to me and, and, you know, at least humor me one time and let me show you stuff that's not intuitive to you that really can work. And so, I got her back. I, I created a special. So I create these follow along videos so that they can just look at what is happening in the video and do it to their partner. So I created a special one just for her where I slowed things way down and I made it softer because she was going way too hard, way too fast, not enough lube. And I, I kept asking her, can you slow down? Can you soften up? And her intuition was harder, faster, because that's kind of the, the porn thing, even for women. And so I got her to slow down and, and go softer and use more lube. And it was one of the best experiences I had. I said, now go try that with your partners. And she was actually dating several people and she tried it with a few and ended up narrowing her suitors down to one and ended up quitting her job. He bought her a car. She moved in with him. And went into business with him inside of about a month. And I, I didn't know this, but I, I went back to her. I said, hey, where'd you go? She said, oh, I can't believe what's happened in the last month. You know, uh, She says, I, ha I had no idea what you did, what you taught me really was a game changer. I, she says, I had no idea how hard I was on men. And when I softened this up, these guys, they... They just fell in love. It's like, oh, can you do that again? You know, and they just wanted more and they, you know, felt all connected. And, and, it, and it was really powerful for her to be in control. And I mean, she controlled her penis. And honestly, you know, and we can debate about that in future episodes. Sometimes we like to be controlled by our penis. Sometimes <laughs> I want you to do that to me. We know that, Rocky. <laughs> we know. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm just being the guy that's admitting it, you know, I'm, I mean, some guys will deny it to their dying day, but yeah, we like it. And then there was another one that she was dating two guys and she went and practiced these on both guys. And one of them was in Portland and he would make her drive down to see him before she learned these techniques. And then after she learned the techniques and tried it on him a couple of times, she decided she didn't need to drive to Portland anymore. And she tried to break it off with him and just, you know, stick with the one that she had here in Seattle. And uh, all of a sudden, Mr. Portland decided he'd start driving up here uh, <laughs> to get the attention that, you know, that she had that was so new and special. So, you know, this is what I teach. Now, this is the course, the best he's ever had that I show women what to do to men. But once you learn some of these techniques, man, oh man, the impact can be amazing 
when you're doing something that is really pleasure. And it goes both ways, of course, always. I feel like so much of what we do involves undoing the teachings of porn. Oh, absolutely. Like the number one mistake that most people make is modeling after porn and just going so intense. And one of the most exciting aspects of your approach to pleasure in particular is just that you activate the whole body, which requires safety and relaxation. And it's really amazing how much more pleasure in general is accessible in the body when everything is activated. And everything can't be activated when it's intense and hard and like all about friction. Well, when it comes to sex, we can override our body and do it whether our body is in agreement or not, right? And this is especially true for women. Women can add some lubrication if they don't have some natural lubrication and allow for penetration even if they're not desiring it at all. And I'm not suggesting anybody do that, but I mean, our bodies are capable of that, right? And so to change that and, you know, kind of go towards what actually makes your body want and crave, you know, penetration or activity or something like that is relaxation. And so one of the things that I tell women in, that come to me and, you know, are trying to explore and understand what's going on, I explain to them that when your body is really activated, when you are feeling like you want sex, it's probably because of your skin, your skin is your biggest sex organ. I mean, I'm talking from toes to the top of your head, everything in between. And what I tell women is when you're aroused and activated, it almost feels like every nerve and every bit of your skin and every part of your body goes to your clit first before it goes, you know, to your head. You start feeling like I'm touching your toes and that sensation of me touching your toes is getting processed by your clit before it tells your brain what's going on. And so it becomes erogenous when you're relaxed. It doesn't necessarily do it if you're not relaxed. It's actually pretty difficult to get the same sexual, physical response of all of your skin if you're not relaxed. It's drastically, drastically different. It just like from experience, when I'm not relaxed, like my skin is almost irritated by by touch and in various places. And there's lots of forms of touch when I'm not in that space and that energy that I'm, I'm like, stop, stop doing that to me. <laughs> it's really easy to feel overstimulated. But in that state of relaxation, it's like every little tiny touch is simply adding another drop of pleasure into the bucket. <laughs> and I'm filling up on my way to a big orgasm. <laughs> right on. So yeah, I I could imagine like touching somebody's hair or neck if I did it too soon, that being literally repulsive. Mm -hmm. It's like, how dare you touch there at this point? We're not there yet. Yeah, I'll just bring attunement into the conversation here, but we're going to dive into it deeper later because there's not space here, but the act of being attuned is what allows you to determine when someone is ready for touch, when it is going to be a pleasurable experience and really feeling into the other person. I mean, when we're fully energetically connected, we can ride the other person's pleasure wave. We can feel the other person's pleasure in our body as if we're experiencing it ourselves. Do you ever experience that? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the attunement between men and women, I mean, you and I are, you know, we're still a little bit new with having this conversation about attunement. We've talked a lot before this, and, and I've used the word reading the room, and people think that that means, you know, literally reading a room, like as in a conference or something like that. But I mean, 
you know, you have to read the room with your partner. If, if the only person in the room is your partner and you're not being energetically present with, for example, mood, is she in a good mood? Okay. Well, let's, let's bring in the example of the guy from last week who, who was like, Hey, want to give me a blowjob? Like that guy was not attuned to me in the slightest. He had not checked in with my energy or my being to see if I was even remotely attracted to him. (laughs) He was like in his own little world, just thinking, Hey, blowjob sounds good. And so I'm kind of belaboring the, the subject a little bit for guys really, because when you talk about attunement, I'm sure that women are gone. Oh yeah. I mean, I bet that term really, really resonates with women and it resonates with me too, in my understanding now, but I'm part of what I feel like I'm doing here for men is kind of translating a little bit because guys are like attunement. Okay. I mean, yeah, there might be some guys that, you know, kind of get that, but I think there might be some steps that they need to go through before it's clearer to them, you know, and, and I, and I think reading the room is kind of like step one. It's yeah, like, I agree. I think culturally men are not taught to come into a woman's world and like connect fully emotionally before trying to get in our pants. I think on the whole men have been robbed a beautiful experience because of the level of depth that is available in intimacy with women if this emotional part and energetic part is honored. But a lot of our hookup culture and even sex culture in relationship, it's really devoid of that emotional connection. And there's a lot of surface play that's happening. And it's the deeper connection allows for deeper pleasure, period. Absolutely. So I'm pretty good at some deeper connection. I'm here to help other guys understand that. I'm going to say, guys, ladies, tell your partner to listen to our show because I'm going to help the ladies get their partner to start coming around and like understanding, you know, being present, being more attuned, some of those things from a man's perspective, because- Mm -hmm. You know, like I, when I say I'm the translator, you know, to a degree I am because I, you know, I've been that guy when I was younger. I, I've been the guy that was just more aggressive and. Hey, you want to give me a blowjob? Yeah. Not being able to like be present with, you know, where she is emotionally and not being even connected and, and, and feeling so left out and not, not understanding what was wrong. Why is this not working for me? What do I have to do? And for you guys, it's not that difficult. It's it's really pretty subtle. It's really just being a lot more, you know, engaged and being more communicative and, you know, having just good conversations, being curious. Showing interest in who we are. Showing interest. And, you know, it's almost sad to say that because, you know, if he's asking for a blowjob, he's probably interested in who you are. Um, what evidence and, do I have? Well, that's, I get it. I get what you're saying there for sure. But I'm, I mean, the, what he did is he just didn't understand, you know, that he needed to put a few more steps in there to let you be able to feel that he wasn't vulnerable with you. No, <laughs> it felt like he wasn't even fucking human with me. Well, like, what I, I, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't vulnerable. He wasn't willing to like get intimate with you in a conversation, right? He he wasn't willing to connect on a deeper level before asking me to connect sexually. Well, and I think guys feel like that's being vulnerable. That's that's me translating again. (laughs) It totally is. And it's vulnerable for women too, to have that connection. It's revealing. It's not weak, guys, to be vulnerable in this situation it's actually strong it's sexy like we want to be led into that space we we want to go there with you but we also like we don't want to be the one to lead you there <laughs> well now now we have to have an episode about communication reciprocation but that's another episode because that's all <laughs> a, a whole talk all by itself but you know the, to summarize that it's 
I say something a little bit, uh, let's say, suggestive, that opens the door for you to say something a little bit more suggestive, and that you know, opens the door for me to say something a little. So we can, you know, kind of leapfrog on little tidbits of conversation. Uh, or we can have a direct conversation about like where our interests lie and how we think about each other or feel about each other. Or I mean, the the last guy that I that I connected with that I mentioned earlier in the episode, it, it was so simple for him. It was our second date. Uh, and we had spent hours together and had lots of lovely conversation. And he finally, he said, I, I got to know a little more about what your intentions are here. Is this a platonic situation for you or, or something else? And my response was an immediate and enthusiastic, oh yeah, I'm attracted to you. <laughs> this is not platonic for me. And that, that is what opened the door for us to, to connect in other ways. He checked in with me. He asked how I felt about the situation. He asked what my intentions were. He showed that it mattered to him how I felt about the situation. It's really that simple. And it's a, it's a step that many men skip. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I was terrible at it when I was young myself. So I understand. I mean, the little bit of suggestive, the little bit of suggestive, like, yeah, if you want to flirt and like, you know, yeah, we're like teasing into the idea that we're attracted to each other. But the sexiest is fucking be direct. Ask me the questions. Like, show me what you're thinking about via the questions that you're asking and the interest that you're showing. Give me something to feel into. Where are you going with this? And then give me an opportunity to say where I'd like to go with this. And so much more. Our next episode is about why you should stop deprioritizing your own pleasure. Mm. Oh, one of my favorites because I see so many people that that's exactly what they're doing is just giving up. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh. Slogging I, through life. <laughs> I, d I don't deserve a good love life. The world is not a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, come on back next week, folks, for Stop Deprioritizing Your Own Pleasure and lots of fascinating subjects after that. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky. For more resources and ways to work with us, visit gettingoffwithnatalieandrocky.com. Please don't forget to follow, rate, review, and share the show. Join us again next week for another stimulating episode. We're here to expand your view of what's possible in intimacy and pleasure.